Let's join together in prayer. God, as we spend time in your house today, we admit to you that we're not as confused about the calls that you have in our lives as we sometimes let ourselves on to be. It's not so much a confusion or doubt about what it is that you're calling us to, but it's our own reluctance to follow that call. Guide us today by the power of your Spirit to respond eagerly and gladly wherever it is that you're calling us, that we would follow you, that we would follow you throughout our pilgrimage in this world, even unto everlasting life. Guide us, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen. It's important to not let all of the phenomena of modern life impact our walk with Jesus. There's one phenomenon that that we should make sure doesn't get involved in our walk with Jesus. And that's the phenomenon or, or, or the thing that we would say is caller ID. Right? The phone rings. You look and you say, Ah, not right now. Or the email comes through or the text comes through and you see who it's from and you say, I'll get back to that person later. It's important for us, and that's what we'll look at today, it's important for us not to do that to God. Not to see His call in our lives and say, I'll get back to that later. We've been looking at at the idea of call. Uh, What is it that that God is calling you to? Uh, The epiphany season is a great time to think about God's call in our lives because we see God's call on Jesus unfolding uh, through the gospel lessons in the epiphany season. We see Jesus' baptism, his temptation, the first miracle, the calling of the apostles, the cat, like in our gospel lesson today, the casting out of demons. Jesus was called to do such things. So we see his call unfolding. And it's a good time for us to think about our own call. And, and as I said at the beginning, I'd, I'd really have you think this morning, where do you hear God calling you? Do you sense He's calling you to this or that or something else? Maybe, maybe it is to faith. Maybe you've never really come to the point of saying, I, I believe this. Is His Spirit calling you? Uh, is he calling you out of a sin? Is there a sin that you're stuck in and, and it's God's will for you not to be stuck in that and he's calling you out of that sin? Is he calling you, like I said earlier, to a different job? Is he calling you to stay put in the job he gave you? Is he calling you to be reconciled with someone else? Is he calling you to a particular activity? We're going to look at that as we think about Moses and what you can only call his reluctance to follow God's call. Uh, We have been talking about God's plan for your life. Uh, People say, what's God's will for me? What's his plan? What does he want me to do with my life? And and we agonize over that at times. And yet the broadest uh, stroke, it's quite clear what God wants. Uh, God's plan, God's will for your life is for you to spend it with him. Now, when you wake up tomorrow morning, you say, well, I wonder what God wants me to do today. The baseline is he wants you to spend the day with him, every hour, every moment with him. We've also seen that God's plan for our life is to live it out according to our own vocation. If you're a husband, be a good one. 
If you're a wife, be a good one. If, if you work for uh, uh, the state, if you work for a, a school, uh, uh, be very diligent. If you're a student, uh, work hard at that. If you're a coach, be honorable. That whatever vocation God has given you, to do that with all of your might to the glory of God and to the good of those around you. We saw last week that when we think about God's will, God's plan for our life, it is to be our brother's keeper. Uh, Jonah didn't want to be his brother's keeper, but God has called us to, to be our brother's keeper. It's not just about what uh, special thing you do in life, but that you would spend your life being a keeper of your brother. That was the point of the second lesson today, uh, where we heard uh, knowledge puffs up, but, but love builds up. Well, today we're, we'll look especially at this call that God has on Moses and his reluctance. But before we do that, the first thing we ought to look at is how Moses reflects Jesus. You know this, the Bible is not about you. The Bible is about Jesus. The Bible is Christocentric. And, and the Bible is for you, it's just, it's not about you. And any time you read the scripture, you should ask yourself, well, what's this telling us about Jesus? As we think about Moses, we should be thinking about Jesus. Moses prefigures Jesus. Moses is a symbol or a type of Jesus. We learn a lot about Jesus by looking at Moses. Moses and Jesus were both in danger as a child. Pharaoh wanted to kill all of the boys during the time that, that Moses was born. Herod wanted to kill all the boys when he was born. Both were called out of Egypt. Mary and Joseph took Jesus down to Egypt, and then he came out from Egypt. Uh, Moses' ministry was to come out from G Egypt. Both were adopted. Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. Jesus was adopted by Joseph. Both went from riches to rags. Not rags to riches, but from riches to rags. Jesus was at the right hand of the Father. He came down from glory. He emptied himself. Uh, Moses, likewise, was in a very high position in Pharaoh's family and became impoverished uh, as he took flight. Both were rejected by their own people. Both served as shepherd. We find Moses in our Old Testament lesson today uh, serving his father-in-law Jethro, watching over his sheep. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Both led people out of slavery. Jesus came to set us free from slavery, slavery to sin, slavery to death, slavery to the evil one. Both brought teaching from a mountain. Moses went up on Mount Sinai, God taught him, he brought that teaching down to the people. Jesus taught famously, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. He was on the mountain teaching. We might think Jesus' best lesson came on Mount Calvary where he taught, it is finished. Uh, both had signs and wonders in their ministry. Both served as the voice of God. The people of Israel said to Moses, you go up and talk to God. We don't want to hear from him. You go up, talk to him, come down, tell us what he says. Remember that Moses said, after me, God will raise up a prophet like me from among your own brothers. Listen to him. And it's going to be in just a couple of weeks that we're going to have Transfiguration Sunday and we'll hear God say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased Listen to him. When, when we look at Moses, it helps us to see Jesus and understand uh, what Jesus has come to do to rescue us, to save us. 
Probably the clearest picture of Moses and Jesus has to do with that time that the people of Israel were rebelling against Jesus and, or against Moses and, and complaining against God. And so God sent the snakes and they were biting people. And whoever got bit died. And so they called out to Moses and said, you have to help us. Moses talked to God and, and God said, make a serpent out of bronze, lift it up on a stick, and whoever looks on it will be saved. And Jesus taught the purpose of his ministry from that in John, not 3.16, but John 3.15, when he said, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that anyone who believes on him will have eternal life. It's good for us as we think about Moses today to, to start by thinking about Jesus and about how Jesus has done to, for us what Moses did. He set us free from bondage, seeing us through the wilderness and one day we'll see us home. But the second thing I, I want us to do as we think about Moses' call is to see how Moses reflects us. Uh, think about how reluctant he was to follow God. As you think about your own reluctance to answer God's call. Moses had been called by God. It says, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he had the flock out. And while he was watching over the flock, he saw this, this bush that was on fire. But the oddest thing, it didn't burn up. So he went over to look at it. And as he was looking at it, he heard God. It says, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And God said, don't come near. Take off your sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said, and I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said, I've seen the sufferings of my people and I have come down to set them free. And I'm sending you, Moses, against Pharaoh to set my people free. And here was Moses' answer. But who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Moses was reluctant to follow God's call. And this is the same kind of thing that, that we might face. Uh, Moses was busy doing something else. He was already watching the flock. He had a job. He had plenty to do. As you think about the call that God has in, in your life, would you say, I'll get to that later, God. I'm busy. I've got things to do. I've got a plan. I've got an agenda. You know, that's the heart of sin, is to rebel against the will of God, the call of the Creator. Uh, are we rebelling? Are you rebelling? Because you say, I'm busy doing something else. Or, or maybe Moses thought to himself he was too young. Maybe you think you're, or thought he was too old. And, and that's the thing that keeps people from following God. They say, well, I'm too old or I'm too young. Uh, Moses was 80 years old. And even though people lived a long time in those days, and he was going to live to be 120, 80 is 80, and there's already a lot of tread off the tire. And, and he could have said, you know, I'm a little old for that. Does that keep you from following God's call? You say, I'm, I'm beyond that point in life. You know, I, uh, I don't do those kinds of things anymore. Or do you say, I'm too young? Uh, Paul told Timothy not to worry about how young he was. He said, don't let anyone despise you because of your age. What is it that keeps you from following the call of God? Moses had a checkered past. He'd killed the guy. He was on the run. Have you ever thought of, of, of yourself being disqualified from following God's call, from following his, his will? To say, you don't know what I did when I was younger. I, I did this, I had that. 
Do you ever think of yourself as, as having a checkered past that disqualifies you from serving God? We're going to talk in just a couple of weeks about that passage from Corinthians where it talks about how we have God's grace or God's glory in, in jars of clay. We're all cracked pots. And yet God works through us. What is it that makes you reluctant to follow God's call? This is from chapter 4. You know, Moses is, is talking with God for a chapter and a half. It says, But Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. Moses was suffering from the fear of failure. I don't think this is going to work. If I go out there and get started, I think the thing is going to fall apart. Do you worry about uh, following God's call and, and being uncertain whether or not it will work out? A little later... Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Moses thought of himself as ill-equipped. I don't think I have the gifts or the abilities to do this. You should be certain in your life. To whatever God calls you, He equips you and will provide for you what you need to follow His call. And then, then Moses really got to the heart of it. And isn't this the heart of, of our reluctance to follow God. In verse 13, it says, Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Moses was saying simply, No, thanks. I just would rather not do it. I want to encourage you and to whatever it is that God has called you to follow that call. God is not calling you to disastrous things. It may be difficult. It may be painful. But remember what it says in Jeremiah. I know this is a favorite verse of many people where it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has good things for you, both in time and for all eternity. And he invites you to follow him and to give yourself over to him. Finally, Moses did. And what happened? Great things. We're still talking about Moses. We're still talking about the great things that God had done in and through him as he followed God's will and as he followed God's plan. I want to encourage you to overcome your reluctance. I, I, I've got four quick things. Uh, you ever feel like that? A little reluctant? How am I going to do this? Here's how you overcome re reluctance. Uh, first of all, talk with God about it. Uh, we call that prayer. Uh, talk with God with, and, and be honest with Him. That's what Moses was doing. Uh, we might think about Moses as talking back to God, but what he was really doing was, was talking with God. I'm worried about this. I'm not crazy about that. I'm anxious about this other thing. How do you overcome reluctance? Talk with God about it. Uh, second, hear the word, not the worries. That's what finally helped Moses. He heard God's Word and believed it. We want to hear God's words and not listen to our own worries. God's Word to you is, uh, like He said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. Or like Paul said, uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? How can you overcome reluctance. Talk with God about it. Hear what He has to say. And then hear this next part e gently. You need to get over yourself. <laughs> Moses said, well, who am I? Remember, it's not about you. 
Uh, it doesn't center around you. Uh, it centers around God who is at work in you and through you. God told Moses, I'm going to be your strength. I'm really not counting on you in and of yourself. We look to God to give us the strength. We look to God to give us uh, the power. Like, uh, like Jesus said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. It's not about you. It's my strength. Think about Gideon. Gideon had, what was it, th tens of thousands of soldiers to go up against the Midianites, and then God whittled it down to just 300. And it was with those 300 that Gideon went against the Midianites, and he was victorious. It wasn't about Gideon. It was about God's power at work in our lives. How to overcome reluctance. Talk with God about it. Uh, listen to his word, get over yourself. And of course, focus on the outcome. That's what God was, was putting before Moses. He said, uh, but I will be with you and this will be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. He was saying to Moses, here's, here's what I want you to look at. Look at the end. Look at the conclusion. Don't worry about the in-between time. It's like a woman giving birth to a child. Uh, she doesn't look at the pain and the agony of the, of the child birthing, but on the baby that she holds. We look to the outcome, the glory of God, our own good, and the increase of the kingdom, and charge forward following the call of God. I don't know if you screen your call when I call you. You know, maybe some of you say, uh-oh, uh, we'll, we'll let that one go to voicemail. Well, go ahead and do that to me. Do it to Pastor Sutton. <laughs> but don't do it to God. When he calls, answer. Amen.